0: Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 (laughs) minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. Hello there, Edwin. Hey, Andrew. Good morning, sir. How are you today? I am doing very well today. Thank you for asking. How are you? Man, I'm better than I deserve. Looking forward to talking about Psalm 24. I think you are better than you deserve.
1: Psalm 24.
0: How about read the Bible, Mr. Sunshine? (laughs) All right, Psalm 24. I'm excited about this new week with Psalm Make me feel like a worm over here. (laughs) Wouldn't want to do that.
1: Wouldn't want to do that. (laughs) Callbacks. All right, Psalm 24. This is from the English Standard Version. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and those who dwell therein. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers. Who is this King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty, the Lord, mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O gates, and lift them up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is
0: the King of glory. Amen. Amen. We certainly learn about the Lord and the Lord of hosts in this psalm. I love the symmetry here about how we begin talking about the earth is the Lord's, talking about the Lord, and then coming back around to this uh, almost a mystery presented, who is the King of Glory, who is the King of Glory, and then at the end, it is the Lord. We start with the Lord, we end with the Lord. That's, That's tight. I like that. That is what we call an inclusio.
1: Excellent. Inclusio. Yeah. It starts it starts where it ends, it ends where it starts. It's about the Lord. And so what is this psalm about? Oh, it's about the Lord. It is about the Lord Yahweh or Jehovah, depending on how you pronounce that ancient word. But speaking of that, this is something that we miss in a lot of our English translations. The very first word of the psalm in the Hebrew is actually Yahweh. I think we do miss
0: that in the English translations.
1: The emphasis in the English seems to be on the earth, which belongs to the Lord. Mm -hmm. But in the Hebrew, it was very clearly on the Lord who owns the earth. This is the Lord's earth. And of course, the reason he owns the earth is because he created it.
0: He is creator. Uh, So that is where we are introduced to this Lord, our Lord, the true Lord. He is Lord creator of all in verses one and two. The earth is the Lord's, the fullness thereof, the world and those who dwell
1: therein. So it really comes off in the Hebrew more like Yahweh's is the earth and its fullness. And of course, by implication, then Yahweh's is the world and those who dwell therein. So that's about the people. Yeah. So every place Mm -hmm. and every person Mm -hmm. belongs to Yahweh,
0: is Yahweh's. And th- this is, this so, is. Go ahead. I was just going to say, isn't that isn't that a big reach? Is not that a big sweeping statement? Given the the way that people looked at gods and their idols in the time of the psalmist?
1: Yeah. For you and me today, we can read right past that because that's you and I have been basically taught our whole lives that Yahweh is God, that uh-huh. you know Jesus, the Son of God, the Spirit of God, that this is this is it. That's all there is, and so it doesn't surprise us to hear this. But when this was written. The people were surrounded. David and his mm-hmm, kingdom mm-hmm. was surrounded by all these nations that claimed to have their own gods.
0: And by the way, surrounded could just be the other end of the same valley, Yeah, right? Yeah. So at one end of this valley, there's a town of Israelites. At the other end, there's a town of Philistines, and they've got their own god down there. It's not a long walk to where you find people who are worshiping completely different gods. And the common understanding was that basically you, you could have
1: a personal God oh. and you might have a family God. You would have a tribal God. Mm-hmm. You would have a regional God or even a national God. And as far as they were concerned in, in that the, the nations around Israel, all those gods were out there. They're all competing for supremacy. They're mm-hmm. fighting against one another. And when the people themselves were having battles between one city-state and another nation or another city-state, they saw it as behind the scenes the gods were battling. And whichever was the stronger God, his people, was going to come out on top. Yahweh is teaching Israel differently. Mm-hmm. I'm not, Yahweh is pointing out, one God among many. I am the
0: God. I am the most high God. I, I'm the only God. So it sounds like something that, um, you know, the ancients believed, but I was talking to a, a friend and a preacher of mine, uh, not a preacher of mine, a friend of mine who preaches in Africa. In the not nation, me. Yeah. In Africa, in the nation, Tanzania. And he was telling me a little bit about his 2020 and he went to a village out kind of out in the jungle, out away from the city a little bit. And he finds that here are these people today still practicing ancestor worship. Mm -hmm. And he sent me a picture that he had made where he's standing next to the god of their little village. And as I was looking at the picture, I thought, you and I might mistake that for a scarecrow or something. Mm. But he was insisting, no, this was representing their ancestors, they're gods of this village. And he was very much trying to persuade them that there is one God and that Jesus is the Christ. So we still, I mean, there's still people around the world today that have these same kinds of ideas. Well,
1: let's make it a little bit more pointed even to us in America mm-hmm. and the way even the one true God and Christianity is dealt with. Because in these ancient nations, while they might have their own little God, the, the gods overlapped. Mm-hmm. And so you have these biblical stories of the Baals and the Ashtoreths and Marduk and Molech and Chemosh and and just going down the list. Mm-hmm. And what you find is often these various countries had, well, the same God, except we have our own little version of that God. Okay. And so that's why you might talk about the Baals. You'll, you'll hear people talk about the Baals because Baal was, was a, a name that was just used to refer to God. In, in fact, there's some places in Scripture where Baal, is, it's indicated that Jews referred to the one true God with that word. You know, there's a place where he says, I will no longer be called that. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. There were plenty of those nations that used the word L. El. Mm-hmm. to refer to their god. Yes. Yes. And so so there might be this idea. Well, no, 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 they all followed the same god. No. They they all followed their own different little personal versions of god. I recall when I was a teenager the song that came out your own personal Jesus by mm. Depeche Mode. Oh. Okay. And The idea of that song, as I remember, was not, hey, you need to have an individual personal relationship with Jesus. It was very much the idea that we kind of all get to do our own personal thing.
0: And so we create little Jesuses. Yeah, kind of. What we think. We put a little spin on him.
1: And, you know, when you take a look at the awful divisions of Christianity that have gone on for the last five, six hundred years, and Mm -hmm. even before that, you realize that there's, there's very much this... This possibility of, we're, we're going to do this my own way, and I'm setting up my own God, and I'm setting up my own religion, and I'm setting up and what we need to get back to. And we'll say more about this, I think, even as the week goes on. We, we need to make sure that, look, this is Yahweh's earth. Sure, He's the one that's in charge, and we need to follow him on his terms.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And
1: that's, that's how this whole psalm starts. Yahweh's is the earth.
0: And the fullness thereof. That's why it's so good to be reminded uh, as we look at Scripture that God is the Creator. We don't create Him, we don't create Him in our image. He created us, we're created in His image, and that changes everything.
1: One of the first times this concept is brought up is actually during the plagues. In Exodus, oh where is it, chapter 9 verse 29 I think it is, this is the seventh plague with the hail. Mm. Though I don't think we need to limit the point made here to just this plague. I think Moses is finally making the point. In Exodus 9 and verse 29, when Pharaoh has asked Moses, go out and make it stop hailing, Moses in Exodus nine twenty nine said, as soon as I have gone out of the city, I will stretch out my hands to Yahweh, to the Lord. The thunder will cease and there will be no more hail. And then he gives the reason, so that you may know that the earth Is Yahweh's. Yeah. And you remember when all this started, Pharaoh
0: was like, Who's Yahweh that I should listen to him? Yeah, who is the Lord that I should know him? Who is the Lord that I should obey his voice? And as I recall, I I think there's a connection between those plagues and different sundry gods in Egypt, right? You know, that each plague seems to knock down another one of these false gods and these misunderstandings of the created world that the Egyptians worshipped, asserting God had made it all. And the scripture even points out that God
1: was bringing judgment upon the one true God, was bringing judgment upon those gods. And it's not. Because those gods actually exist. It was supposed to be teaching Pharaoh, there's one Lord, Mm -hmm. his is the earth and he's he's not the god of this land that we came from he's actually the god of your land it's like will a, you listen
0: to him or not it's a lesson that people have to learn over and over again mm-hmm. century after century and across all these cultures and time
1: it actually comes up quite a bit throughout the scripture in Deuteronomy chapter 10 verses 14 and 15 and Deuteronomy 10 14 and 15 this is Moses as he's repeating the law to Israel and he's really expressing shock when you consider who Yahweh is that that he's chosen Israel. He says, behold to the Lord, to Yahweh your God, belong heaven and the heaven of heavens, the earth with all that is in it. Yet the Lord set his heart in love on your fathers and chose their offspring after them, you above all peoples, as you are this day. He says, look, he's the God of all things and the God of everyone. It's, it should shock us that he has chosen this family to, to do this work. I think in 1 Chronicles um, chapter 29, is it when David is praying about the, the collection they're making for the temple? He points out, Lord, you're the God of heaven and earth. Everything right. in heaven and earth is yours. We're just giving back to you what is yours anyway. One of the most fascinating principles about this, though, is in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 25 and 26, when Paul. Uses this statement from Psalm 24 mm-hmm. to make his declaration that all foods are clean, mm-hmm. because his point, and he's specifically talking about foods offered to idols. To idols, I know. And he's he's specifically making this point. Look, every everything in the world belongs to our God. So offering it to an idol technically means nothing, because there are no idols. It's it's all it's all our gods. And so just
0: some just some really fascinating points as we walk through the Scripture on this principle. But at the same time, there again, the Christians were also being taught, don't participate in idolatry. Oh, yeah. Right. Don't participate <laughs> in idolatry. Don't it's get like involved the, in this. People have to get taught again and again and again. There's yeah. one God, and the earth is his. One God, the earth is his. He's, and, so, okay, so the
1: final thing that I want to say about it is— Every person in the earth belongs to him. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, I can't remember who corrected me on this. Something that I was reading a few years ago that this statement we often make about make Jesus your own Lord and Savior, make him your king. Mm -hmm. And the guy pointed out, and, and I know there's a place for use of language and semantics, and I don't want to get in that. But he pointed out, look, you can't make him your king. He is your king. He is your king. The question is, will you acknowledge it? Mm. And that's what this psalm is really telling us. We don't make Yahweh our God. He is our God. The question is, will we
0: submit to him and be on his side, or will we go against him and be judged? I'll tell you what, that's a great question, and we're going to leave it there today. Looking forward to more discussions about Psalm 24. We'd love to hear from you. What are you learning in your Bible reading? Send us an email text talk at org. Text talk at org. Let's pray together. Our great God and Father, Lord, you are above, you made it all, the earth, its fullness, all those who dwell in it. Father, it is all yours, and we glorify you. We lift up your name, and we pray, Father, that we might this day walk in a way that's worthy, that points others to you, to look up above and appreciate who we are in your sight. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today.
0: Hello there, Edwin. Hey Andrew. How
1: Happy you, How are you today?
0: Uh I love the um Yeah. I can't think of the word now. <laughs>